the dead deer boys. Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ebers, and on today's episode, I talk with Ryan Greco and Cody Hemme of the Midwest Wildlife. The Midwest Wildlife brand is a group of local guys in Northwest Missouri whose mission is to pass on the hunting tradition to youth, the less fortunate, and those who have never been given the opportunity to hunt. And as a guy that is creating a brand and trying to get it to grow, there's nothing more important to me and other hunters than for us to get other people involved in hunting. When I designed the 573 podcast, my goal was to inspire, educate, and entertain in the hunting industry. And I think the Midwest Wildlife guys are definitely on board with that. Our conversation today is talking about their third annual Coyote Tournament. We even announced the 2022 Coyote Tournament date, talk about some of their rules and, uh, Then we get into a little bit about how the brand got started, where the brand's heading, and some of the business ventures that the brand is involved with. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Ryan and Cody were some great guys, and they put a lot of hard work into their brand, and I think that you guys will realize that when you hear the episode. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode, but before I let you off the hook, if you guys are enjoying these podcasts, Please, please, please give us five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. We'd really appreciate that. It goes a long way in getting this podcast out into the world. So, uh, enough with the plug. Let's get into the episode. All right, we are live in... Cody's pad here in uh, also the Coyote Tournament headquarters, and I'm talking with the Midwest Wildlife. We've got Ryan and Cody. Guys, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on, and uh, why don't you kind of put a voice with a name? Yeah, nice to meet you as well, and uh, thanks for having us. I'm Ryan, and uh, we're excited to be here. Likewise, good to meet you. Cody Hemme. Um, glad to have you over at the house. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, guys. We could go uh, a lot of different directions with this episode, but I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the Midwest wildlife and kind of what inspired it and what it is, how it got started, all that good stuff. Ryan, I think maybe you should take this one. Yeah, I can start with uh, what inspired it, and I would just say the main thing is a passion and pure enjoyment of the outdoors just knowing what it can do for people okay wanting to give back and uh how long ago was this whenever you guys got started got rolling uh it's always been something we've kind of dabbled in but we came up with the name i'd say probably 2016 started making it a thing then i mean we had a name before a logo you know all that good stuff oh yeah i'd say once we decided probably 2016 just saying hey let's see what we can do with it so it's been a slow grow but all things take time. And this is a business for you guys at this point, yeah. Uh, where it is now. And is this your main gig? Or are you guys working other jobs? Or you know, yeah, what? Unfortunately, it's not our main gig. I <laughs> definitely put a lot of time and effort into it. And sometimes you wonder why, you know, you look at how busy it keeps you. But again, it comes back to the passion 
and that's where a lot of the motivation lies and then you know futuristically uh, the anticipation for what it can be okay and what about you cody how, how do you uh find yourself in in the midwest wildlife uh, about the same way uh joined ryan a couple years ago um like i said just dabbling in it and then uh kind of got an idea me and a couple other guys that i hunt with have done coyote hunts for a few years now and noticed the impact that it makes with the community as far as you know around the coyote season everything's shut down so it gets everybody still together and brought to ryan's attention i said man maybe we should try a uh a coyote tournament he was kind of like man if you think it'll work we'll we'll try that and first year worked out good and we had a great success with it and stuff and then uh last year was off the charts yeah i mean we we had a lot more than we even anticipated or expected we ended up having to build some tents outside just to keep people out of the weather i mean it was the garage was packed i mean it was one heck of an event and then that's kind of What's made our our big deal, our big name for the year, you know, is doing our coyote tournament, and uh, once again, we're going to do it again this year. So it'll be hopefully bigger and better, and see what we can come from that. What was the turnout last year? So I think ninety six teams and three hundred and almost four hundred people participants were in the tournament itself, and then uh, we always do raffle prizes and all that stuff at the end, which anybody's welcome to come to that. I'd say. Oh, we were pushing 500 people at one point, probably. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, it, it gets pretty big, and it's like, so you have about four or 500 people that were there for the tournament, and not every participant comes back, and then you had probably another four or 500 people that come for like the event side, and some of them are participants too. So anywhere from like 700 to a thousand people came through the door. I'd say Friday to Saturday night live right. band. It it was. It really did blow up this, uh, blow up this year. So, well, it sounds like a a fun time, you know, going out hunting coyotes, hanging with a bunch of folks that had the same passion, and meeting new people. I mean, it has to be something that you guys are pretty proud of. Most definitely, that's uh, I've run into people um, a couple hours away from here that have seen our hats before, and they're like, "Man, I think I was at your house for a coyote tournament." I'm like, "Well, it sounds about right," you know, and it's evolved into. I've spoke with some people now that are talking about people from other states wanting to come to it. Um, and I can't confirm that it's got some of the best prizes and whatnot, but from some of the other guys, it sounds like we have some of the best payouts. And obviously with that many people, you're going to have that, you know. So there's it's drawing more attention. It's, it's getting our name out there more. Um, and for being just one event that we put on, I think it, it's turned out pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard – a lot about it I'm, I'm pretty far away from you guys and you know from for me to hear about it and i'm sure it's a mostly local area type folks but i think you're starting to make a lot of noise in a lot of different parts of the areas around yeah most definitely it's it's definitely grown um like i said from the first year i think we had what 36 teams i think so we had anticipated maybe doubling and uh it just, like I said, it, it took off from there, and we were, unfortunately, we weren't prepared for that many. We were prepared for double, but we had people mm-hmm. scrambling, and, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of our teammates that were helping us out, but we yeah. had people running to Walmarts yeah. and Dollar Generals and uh, a little bit of everywhere just to try to get some stuff for us. Yeah, it got a, it, it got a little overwhelming there this year, for sure. 
Um, we don't want to repeat that again from, from our side of things. I don't think any of the participants or spectators specifically noticed, but we were, our eyes were wide open like, okay, we're going to have to make some adjustments moving forward for it because it, it tripled in size. So, Well, I mean, hopefully it plateaus a little bit for you right. just so, you know, I know you guys are going to prepare, you know, more for it next year, but it sounds like you guys had quite a few folks and I'm thinking 100, 100, 120 teams maybe this year. I'd like to see uh, 120 right teams. in that, right in that region. And I just think we hit everything kind of works together from, I mean, how we orchestrate and run the tournament to, yeah, we do have the prizes that people can get. And then uh, just the uh, buy-in, all of it kind of works together to make our tournament very attractive. And people had such a good time that first year that they talked about it. And that, you know, you felt like you missed out if you weren't there. So you're like, I'm going to be there the next year. Right. So speaking of which, uh, Cody and I did land on that. We're going to do it February 19th this year. Yep. Well, you heard it here first then. Yeah, right here. <laughs> February 19th, we'll do the same thing again and bigger and better and see how many more cats we can get down on the ground. So just out of curiosity, I probably live two hours south of you guys. And, you know, if I wanted to be a part of this tournament, Am I going to have to show up and then go back to my hunting spots? Is that something that you'd have to do? That's what we've done in the past. Um, we've had a couple guys uh, as far as St. Louis, a couple guys up in uh, Maryville, Bethany area. They usually send a guy down, have him get in, checked in and all that good stuff, and then goes back home and, and hunts back this way. Um, we've only had a few teams out that far so far, but it's it's like I said, it's growing now. It's getting bigger. Um, as far as we've never really had to discuss about somebody being that, that many teams that far away yeah, of having a guy, you know, having to come in or we may end up having somebody meet at a central location. Cause I know both of us and even other team members that help us out have all been kind of, um, approached by people that are that two hour threshold away. Like, Hey, do we really have to drive down Friday night? And we're like, well, yeah, that's. Other people are doing it. That's how we keep because rules are everything with this tournament. You know, making yeah. sure there's no cheating by any means. Want so, it to be as legitimate as possible. Yeah, there's money on the line. You know, I mean, it was like nine grand payout between all places last year. That's yeah. first, second, third, big dog, small dog. So nine thousand dollars on the line. Uh, you know, people are, have a tendency to try to stretch rules. So it's our job to make sure that doesn't occur, which then gives everybody a good experience. So. Like Cody said, we hadn't really talked about that, but I think, you know, we're all, we're always turning our wheels on ideas and things, and that's most likely something that may end up occurring is we get some of these volunteer guys that help us out on our team that we know and can trust, and we're going to place them maybe in some different areas. Central, the south, that, you that, know, yeah. south, central, something like that, because like I said, now that it's growing more and we're getting people, you know, say like yourself, you know, a couple hours away that are wanting to be involved and it's something we're going to have to transition to if, if it keeps growing that way, which I mean, is to me is all better. Right. And in our way in time, really it, it, there's about a two hour window from dark to weigh in, correct? Roughly. Yeah. I'd Somewhere say in there it's seven o'clock. So some of the guys, I mean, they push their limits. I mean, we got guys rolling in at six fifty five. I mean, we got guys that are, they're pushing it, but they're also coming in with like this year, uh, Allen Ball, I believe. I think they were right here about 640-ish. And I want to say, I think they got first place. They got first or third. Um, and they had uh, either big dog, small dog, too. I can't remember. But, yeah, I think you know, a couple they, of those guys ended up doubling up because they had like right. six six dogs or so. Yeah. And they, it was I mean, actually they, a three-way tie, correct? Yeah, it was and a three-way tie. And then came down to weight. 
three-way tie came down to weight, and then uh, first and third place team both shot big dogs, small dogs. So, I mean, the payouts for both those teams were substantial, which was awesome. You know, and those guys are all excellent predator hunters, good group of guys, too, to deal with. Um, well, that's what you want. You want good predator hunters. Right, well, it man. Is, it, yeah. it, it turned out great. Those are guys that go to other tournaments, and then they speak about it, and then people know, oh, you won that tournament, so on and so forth. And that's where Cody's roles really came in is – he visits these other tournaments and is in communication with these guys who put on other tournaments. And it's, it's really neat how everybody kind of interacts and helps each other out promoting each other's tournaments. Um, and so it kind of gives you a background on, Hey, who is legitimate and who's not. And, you know, you run across, it's just a community. So him and his group of guys will go to them and check in. And then it just brings a, uh, I don't know, cons- uh, consistency with it, right, you know, right. like that guy's a legitimate hunter. Yeah. He, I've seen him bring six dogs in before versus somebody who really doesn't know. It's like, could you really kill six in a day? Like, well, they actually have before. Yeah. It's extremely hard, but I've it, seen him do it multiple times. So, and this is a day long tournament, yeah, one day tournament, uh, NBC rules, um, hunt anywhere in the state line. So anybody down South, say Branson area to whatever, you know, you, a lot of those guys that come down or come from out of town hunt a lot of the conservation areas, and they just kind of make their way up, push up this way till dark, and then you know we have our dinner at the end. All the wives they get in here and they make chili dinner and all that good stuff. So that way when we get in, there's food ready for them. We got waters and all that good stuff. Bring your other drinks. It's you know it's just a big, pretty much a big party you know. And then also to our sponsors, you know our sponsors, they give us tons of good prizes. We had our, you know, the first year we had was a safe. That was the big grand prize. This year we had it again. Plus we got uh, B&B Archery out of Raytown. They sponsored those two bows. So we had two new elite bows, which wow. we actually seen a post on Facebook yesterday of one of the winners of it oh, yeah. shooting the bow. So that was kind of cool oh, to see cool. it, you know, giving a shout out back still to us. Talked about and August. it's still being talked about. Yeah. And it's, you know, coming up to bow season now, so he's ready to rock and roll with it. Well, it sounds like a really – awesome event that you guys put on and i'm looking forward to february 19th i'll definitely yes be uh and and i I guess if you feel reluctant like if you're from out of town you want to just have a a guy's trip or whatever um i'm sure you could go knocking on doors people probably wouldn't mind you shooting coyotes off their land all over the place around here i mean that's how we've got most of our land or i have um i've got a few farms that that you know i've got permission on from family members or whatever it may be but most of my land that I've got to coyote hunt, roughly ten to 15,000 acres, has been from knocking on doors, talking to a farmer, you know, just telling them that, that you know, you're in here to help them get predators out of their, their property, and then it goes from there to talking to their neighbor, and then it just goes on and on. Especially when you come in there and you kill a couple, then they say, oh, they start talking about it, and right. then they come back to you with a couple people, so, and treating them right. Right. which Cody does. So, yeah, it, it grows, and we're definitely excited for the 19th, and we will have more details coming as it, we get closer, which isn't really too far at this point. Not too far out. It seems like it. It'll but, be here quick. Yeah. yeah it's Especially with all the work and efforts that go when on. It starts we, rolling, gonna, it gets We're going to get on it a little earlier this year than than last year, but, I mean, we always put it together two years in a row now, and I don't see why we won't again. Right. Well, guys uh, – I appreciate that uh, detailed explanation. I think a lot of guys and gals out there that are interested in it are definitely going to get a good idea of what it is, get a good idea of what how you guys handle yourselves, 
and what kind of event it's going to be come February. But I want to dial it back a little bit because I don't want to skip over anything. Uh, um, I kind of want to know a little bit more about the the Midwest wildlife story and, and kind of how it got to where it is today. Yeah, I mean, that story can be long-winded sometimes, but I'll, I'll try to keep it as short and sweet as possible. Um, kind of going back again to the passion in it, it's just I had a passion for the outdoors. I love it. I also like photography. I like having a good time and enjoying it with other people, you know. Um, I feel like the traditional aspects of the outdoors uh, go a long way in life um, in general, so I feel like it helps me stay rooted and I want to give that back to other people. So I try to be impressionable along the way of, hey, you know, how can you get involved? Uh, you know, open to questions or, or messages. I'll have a conversation with anybody about hunting in the outdoors. And I don't know, maybe you can say I keep, take pride in it, but I do have a satisfaction in seeing somebody else go out and do for themselves what really I've done for myself. I was introduced to it through my dad. Um, into hunting is where I'm getting at. Uh, but he really just, all we did was go rifle hunting one day, one time a year, you know? And so I, I was fortunate that I was uh, given that opportunity cause there's people who don't, but from there it was like, Hey, it's up to you to kind of grow in this sport. And so that's what I was. I was the guy asking questions, looking at other people, you know, influencers before they were influencers, you know, these older guys who were good hunters. And so I feel obligated to give back the way that I was given to. And so I thought Midwest wildlife was a good avenue for it. Okay. And, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, it seems like you guys do, yeah, you're involved a lot with the community, uh, around where you guys live here in Northwest Missouri, you know, and, um, it seems like you guys got your hands in a little bit of everything. And I was hoping you guys could tell me a little bit about what you guys are involved with, what the Midwest wildlife is involved with. Well, just uh, recently we got involved with uh, the Elks Lodge out in Blue Springs. Um, last year they didn't get to because of the COVID deal, uh, so this was their first year back doing it. But they had a, a gun show, but they're a private club, so in order for them to have that gun show, they got to be sponsored by somebody. So they brought it to the table to us to see if we'd be interested in sponsoring a gun show, which was just a couple weekends ago. It actually turned out being an excellent uh, event for us. We took some stuff up there. Um, all the, all the tables got sold out to the vendors, which was an excellent turnout for those guys up there. But that was our first, um, I'd say, big community thing that we got brought into or asked to be involved part of, you know. And so obviously we took that, which was great for us, you know, got our name out there. And doing that, uh, we did a couple of split shifts, me and a couple of the guys up there. But, you know, some of those people, that they've heard of us, but they didn't really know what we were. You know, they come up to the table and they get to asking questions, and that's kind of like Ryan was saying. You know, you get to really tell them and get involved in, like, what exactly we're doing, you know, what we're out here for, which, like Ryan said, you know, we're here to get new people out of the community that have never had the chance to go hunting or be in the outdoors even, just outside and on a farm. Uh, you know, we get to take them out. Even one of the guys on our staff is uh, somebody that never hunted till he was 30s, took him out for the first time bow hunting, and now this guy, which is Dan, uh, hunts all the time. I mean, he's hooked on it. He's got a passion for it. I mean, he's went from bow hunting on the ground of not knowing anything to he actually puts time in. He's doing homework now. He's 
he's figuring there's deer out in his own property. He rifle hunts, he bow hunts, he predator hunts. So it's kind of cool to see that, you know, actually one of our actual staff members was somebody that never really was involved and now is one of the biggest guys that is involved in any of the stuff and ask him to do anything. And he's going to be right there to help you. has anything to do with the outdoors. Yeah. He's a, he's a prime example of it without a doubt. Well, that's exactly what hunting needs is more guys like you to, to keep the tradition going and make it something that's enjoyable. And, you know, a lot of people get wrapped up in the competition side of things and, you know, you hear, you know, stories every now and then of folks, you know, hush, hush, don't say anything about anything. And I think that kind of tears us apart more than anything, but it sounds like what you guys are doing is, is kind of bringing us together. And, and, you know, as, as a guy that runs a brand, you know, with the five, seven, three, that is what it's all about for us too, you know? So, um, you said that Dan was a part of, is there any other guys, you know, that couldn't make it today that are part of the Midwest wildlife? Yeah, there's there's some other guys that uh, definitely have their place and are working in uh, uh, what do you want to call it? They're working in coordination with us on certain certain different aspects. Uh, as of lately, kind of after the coyote tournament and everything with COVID and stuff, uh, it's been a little bit different. Um, we've just kind of wrote it out for what it was. I mean, it's hard hard to get orders in for hats and everything just kind of slowed down, which was good. I think we needed that. Uh, it's given us time to kind of zone back in on what exactly Midwest wildlife is and what, what avenues have worked for us so far and what ones haven't. And so, yeah, we have a, a guy, Dustin Williams, who's a land manager. He works with us. Uh, we have two different fishermen, uh, Riley Hill and Jordan Williams that work with us, um, kind of in that aspect of things. Um, hope i'm not missing anybody else i know uh dan quick like dan cody quick. was saying he's just always ready to jump and do whatever whenever we need type of thing um he he runs the events with cody he's kind of cody's right hand man on a lot of that stuff them two were the ones that uh pretty well took care of that whole gun show uh tony Plummer, uh he's uh, out of the southern area of kansas city he's uh running an event this weekend up at harris outfitters for us he's more of a waterfowl guy but really, the, um, the guys that we don't even have to put a name on, they're like there's just so many people who are involved and willing to help with what we're doing. And the ones that we don't even have to name, those are the ones that, you know, they know who they are type of thing. You know, you could go my brother, his dad. I mean, Chuck and Cody and I have put in stand after stand after stand, yeah. uh, redneck together. There's just the list goes on and on and on. And these guys are there and ready for whenever the opportunity arises for what we need, you know dependent upon the time and most of the people i think at this point who are involved are very like-minded as we are as far as getting out there and helping other people enjoy the sport and understand the sport and then grow in the sport because i mean the sport will die without it is it's just it's a given fact at this point a lot a lot of different people look at hunting in a different way at this point but um yeah i don't know is there anybody else you can think of cody i mean kind of explain it pretty good I mean, that's, there's so many different influencers we got that, uh, like he was saying, you know, that we can call them at any time. They're going to come and help us. And especially with our coyote tournament, man, we got a ton of people that are in the background that, you know, they may not be recognized right there in the forefront, but really that's what's holding us. That's the glue that's keeping us together. You know, we got our jobs that we kind of do this, but you know, that's the people we can say, Hey, can you run and get this, do this? And, you know, 
they've got a million jobs, but they make it happen and make it look smooth and, and clean for us. Yep. So they're there to, to do all that. Now, you guys also, you know, we kind of touched on, you know, how you guys started, who's a part of you, some of the community stuff that you guys do. Now, what about your business ventures? I mean, what, what are you guys doing as far as in the outdoor industry? I know you guys have a, a few things that you're you're getting into. Yeah, I mean, so we do have our own scent control product that this is year three of uh, getting it out there. So it, it's, again, another slow building product. We've actually sold more already this year than the last two years combined, uh, trying to continue to grow our social media uh, avenues so that we can continue to capture sponsors that we want to represent and, you know, do the whole uh, trade-off there, posting and, and content creating for them. Uh, we're into collaborating with other media companies and other media uh, producers, uh, other influencers. We're just just like what we're doing with you, you know. Yeah. Um, we have other guys that will go out and exchange, you know, uh, maybe they'll help us film something or, or we'll help them film something, some of that stuff. But a lot of moving parts, and so it's hard to zone in on exactly one thing I feel like for us because we don't know exactly what the one thing is just yet we know that you got to do them all type of thing I mean we, again back to the hats and shirts and beanies uh, we did get another product that we're selling right now uh, that has to do with fishing so a lot of different little things I know Cody and I uh, when it comes down to it uh, one of our top priorities uh, is the land management side of things we'll come in and we can help you uh, bring Dustin in and help you get you a farm plan and then me and uh, Cody will come in and do the actual work with like skid loaders and the brush hog and we put in redneck blinds like I said back to stands we got mineral programs and just kind of anything you need will cater to your farm specifically um, that's probably the uh, most sought after thing we're going after now yeah, our newest, um, our newest yeah. and, and biggest thing we're going after is helping people get their stuff kind of ready to roll, making it convenient for them. You know, like Ryan said, we just had one uh, last week that we did, had a bunch of mowing to go do. Um, we got that taken care of. Now we're looking at two uh, food plots, where we want to put food plots in for this guy, uh, camera set up, stand set up. And then, you know, now we've got a couple other people that have, have reached out after we've done this. Now they're, you know, we've bought a couple rednecks. Uh, I don't know, we've probably put up. 15 or so i don't know um so we got the idea you know like you know if we need to move stands or someone's interested in buying something like that we can go in there we can set it up for them we've got the equipment to make it easier they're not the easiest things in the world to set up but you can do it but when we bring in our equipment i don't know you're looking at probably a couple hour job clean everything up getting it ready to rock and roll and then you know that way it makes it easier all you gotta do is turnkey go in there and hunt yeah, well, I mean, it's it's crunch time. You know, we're getting close to the season here in Missouri, and I bet you guys are probably ramping up. I know, you know, I don't know if you saw what I pulled up in as my wife's vehicle because the back of my truck's full of tree stands and last-minute loose ends that I need to get taken care of before right. the season opens. And at this point, I've pretty much given up on uh, any more rain for my food plots. I mean, it just seems like it's been a tough August. I thought I had a good good plant time around early august and it it's been spotty and seems like any thunderstorms that happen just miss me yeah that can that 
it's kind of how last August went, but you still probably do have a little time at least to maybe reseed it here since we're still got the whole month of September if you catch the right storm and all. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. And, you know, I've been uh, following a, a system that I've seen online, and so I'm going to be putting something else there later in, in uh, September too, try to kind of fill in the gaps, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, uh, I got my food plot in a couple weeks ago. And then uh, we had the rain come through, which I was thinking it was going to not hit us as hard in just a torrential downpour, but I haven't been back to my farm yet. So hopefully the seed's still stuck. Yeah, but with my luck, it's probably washed it, and I'm going to have to reseed it and hopefully get in there, like you're saying, you know, and get it back on there, get some vegetation going, and hopefully get something for the fall. There's there's definitely an art to it. it's one of those things even like you're saying rushing around with the stand you always think oh you're gonna have enough time and you just never do and and i'm the type of guy where i'm like oh next year we'll we'll do it this way and it'll be perfect you know but uh, it just comes down to we're hunting we're enjoying it so at the end of the day there's really no lost cause out there you know you might not get that stand in that you wanted to that year your plot maybe didn't turn out as well as you was hoping but if you keep at it year in and year out it's all going to come together Seems like any more the older I get, you know, I I push it just a little bit further, <laughs> a little bit closer to season before I get those things that I need to get done done. Now with you guys, you guys got to handle other people's you know lands when you're doing this consultation, and uh, I'm sure I don't know. Are you guys actually just telling them what they should do, or are you guys putting are you putting the work in to do it? Kind of just open it up to a little bit of of both ways. Um, you know, we're, we're open to, if somebody's, yeah, if somebody's wanting us to come in there and, and set up everything completely, we can, that's an operation we can definitely do. Uh, but what we've been doing so far is a lot of mowing, brush hogging, getting everybody's stuff ready. Um, cutting trails to their stands. Cutting trails, cleaning them up, and then kind of getting them an idea of, of what they've seen on their land, what we kind of see as far as from a topographical view and then that's where Dustin comes into play uh majorly you know he does a lot of farm plans and can set up your whole farm and tell you you know this is why you need to be over here on this side let's move this stand 50 yards over here to this ridge this is where it's going to be at and obviously Dustin's you know he's a a heck of a hunter he's had great success all over the place big public guy too and that's yeah another big thing so that's something that you know he can go back on is that he's a public hunter and he shot multiple good mature deer which is hard to do on you know public ground where everyone's in and out he's just got it figured out and that's what is a big key to having him on our team yeah i mean realistically you could do a whole podcast with dustin he actually was on one with me previously and we didn't really get into all the details about what he does but ideally so like kind of what cody was explaining an ideal circumstance would be someone comes to us and says hey i got this parcel of land it doesn't matter 10 20 40 up to hundreds thousands of acres whatever you got and you want us to zone in on right you give us the coordinates dustin we'll send them over to him we'll start working on um, a plan already before we even meet with you if you want what we call the farm plan and where cody was going with that is you're going to have your access uh, based upon your wind and then you're going to have your cool and warm side uh, for different food plots um, at different times of year and then uh, that's also going to be based off of your thermal um, and the cool and warm side of where the deer might be bedding on particular uh, seasonal conditions, that type of stuff. So then you have that in your hand and you can see it. You you know, 
and we'll come and we'll meet with you and we'll walk through and we'll verify, Hey, this is why we're saying that. And so we might have a pin here where it would be an ideal stand location or a butt comfort zone travel corridor. And we'll walk through those with you telling you, Hey, this is where your butt comfort zone is going to be on this specific circumstance. So you're going to want to stand somewhere between here and there. Well, someone might already have one there, but it might be a hundred yards up the hill or a hundred yards down the hill. So we're going to close that gap with you through that farm plan. So you have the farm plan. If you want to do all the work yourself, great, good. If you don't have the capability or if you don't have the time, like we've been talking about, that's where Cody and I come in with, you know, we have other guys that help us out on those projects. Dustin's one of them. He's uh, certified for t- timber stand improvements and things like that. Uh, Cody's more of our operator. I'm more of like the plant and seed guy. And then Dustin's more of your timber and uh, plan. Um coordinator coordinator yeah if you will and then we can all three help each other out in however way possible so like if someone calls like hey i want this stuff mode we're sending cody up i got you someone says they want a food plot done they're sending me up okay we need uh, a map done we're sending it to uh dustin to have done but right now like cody said we did that last project there um we put a couple rednecks up for some people so we'll actually pick them up or get them delivered here and then we'll deliver them on site to you and me, Chuck and Cody will bring our equipment out and we'll put them up on your property. And that's so helpful. I mean, there's a lot of folks out there that just, they, they love to hunt and they love the outdoors and they find themselves getting out of it because of work life, family life. But if there's somebody out there that can help them kind of tailor those things that are going to make them more successful, then you know, that's where you guys step in and, and you're able to do that. That's really a, a neat area. And Most definitely. I mean, I'm sure you keep up with some of the folks that you've already helped out and just seen maybe some of the success that they've had. I'm sure it, it kind of makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside, you know, whenever uh, whenever you can see that your work turned into success for others. Oh, it definitely becomes worth it for, for us and for them both. I mean, Cody and I, uh, the last couple of years, have been kind of helping each other out on his farm and on mine, and and then, again, the other people who help us naturally. So we keep ours in pretty relatively good shape to where at any moment we can say, hey, we can take our focus off of our own farms and go help out on these other ones. Um, one thing I find really beneficial to the farm plan is you have a group of guys hunting together. Let's say the three of us hunt together on a farm. Well, Cody has an idea, you have an idea, and I have an idea. And we just are never really getting it done necessarily exactly. And we're kind of getting at each other a little bit like, oh, man, Cody's ideas are always the one we do. Or, you know, you, you oh, see yeah. some of that happen in these hunting yeah, or you got uh, leases need, or clubs or whatever. None right? of you agree, and then you just don't do it at all. Don't Exactly, right. yeah. And so the the um, mediator on all that is, hey, let's, let's, let's bring in an outside party. Let's get a farm plan together. And then guess what? the three of us will do it because we brought in this outside person who gave us all these thoughts. He might have uh, solidified that Cody was right on some aspect and that you were right on another and that I was on one. We're like, okay, cool. We can all agree now because we, uh, we all spent a couple hundred bucks here, you know, two, 300 bucks and we got a plan and now we're going to do it and we're all going to be happier for it. So that's where I see like the biggest benefit in the farm plan. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, you're not gonna if you don't get anything done, it's never gonna happen. But, exactly. Yeah, and I like what you were saying too uh, on the other people who just they get out of it because they don't have the time. So now you also mentioned that uh, you guys have a, a scent elimination product. What is that? What's the name of that one? 
So the ghost is uh, what we've run on. Uh, the ghost? The ghost. That's badass. The ghost. <laughs> I like that. And, I mean, every hunter knows that, you know, wind direction is going to be your key to success no matter what. But right. anything you can have to help you eliminate any odors, anything you've got, you know, it's going to be the way to do it. And I've personally had success with it. Um, my dad uses it. He's had success with it. Kills a deer every year, it seems like. Uh, most times it's the one that I've been trying to hunt all year long. So that's how that's went <laughs> that's for like, just the, how that goes, huh? like the last three years. That's how it's went. He, um, he probably put more ghost on than you did. He, my guess I think is. he did. Definitely wash better with the ghost, I guess. But uh, we got the detergent. We got body wash. We've got field spray. So we've got everything covered on that. And like Ryan was saying, you know, the first two years of trying to get it out, you know, we had success with it. You know, there's, there's a million of them out there. Uh, but I truly feel like the ghost is something that actually – eliminate scent and we've had good luck with it um and and the people that have used it are returning customers i mean we've got people that even at the gun show that seen us uh previously last year and they bought stuff and seen it at the gun show i was like man i better get a couple of these just in case you know and i'm like hey, you know that's awesome you know he's like i still got some but i want to make sure i don't run out of it because i've been using it and i'm faithful to it and he's had great success you know he was telling me the stories he had and and all that good stuff too so it's it's good to see and run into people out in the public that are using your product that are actually having good luck with it and having success. And like Ryan said, uh, we've doubled our, our product already this year and on how much we've got out there. So that's just good to see that it's actually, yeah, and it's only, it's only, it's not even September yet. Yeah. And normally we're behind the ball and we're like, Oh, well, we're going to keep it alive, whatever. But yeah, another thing I want to add in there to it, Cody, and I'll let you jump back to it was another big thing behind the, the ghost was, we're big avid bow hunters, so you're you're going for close encounters, all that stuff. There's a lot of variables with uh, scent control and elimination, all that. But uh, I wanted to take out the variable that I don't know what is in this guy's product line or that guy's product line or the other. I wanted to know that ours wasn't cut, you know, with more water to to uh, have more of a return on the price. So I was like, you know, hey, the next thing to do as a serious bow hunter is to know exactly what's in your product and how it works and where it comes from. So I was like, if nothing else, we'll, we'll, we'll make it for ourselves. Yeah. That, that, uh, I, I was big, big, big into sink control when I first started out purely because of my father-in-law, my hunting mentor, he kind of just preached it. You know, he had a system where he washed his clothes, he sprayed down. I mean, he had his clothes hanging outside 20 feet high so no animals could get you know, to touch it, anything like that. And I've gotten further and further away from that. But three things do remain true about my scent control. And that is I like to spray down my clothes before I go out. I like to do a scent wash and I like to wash my clothes in scent. And I try to, you know, keep them in tubs and and keep them away from any other odors and whatnot. But, you know, those three things I think are key to helping. And if there's any advantage I can get, to get in within range of a, a mature buck and even for a second if he just is unsure of what the smell it, that he's smelling is mm-hmm. that's something that i'm gonna be you know enjoying and it's, hopefully it's worth it successful. if they can do that yeah if you can if you can trick him just a little bit you know a good mature buck if you can trick them where they aren't sure exactly what it is and they're still there they're still playing that guessing game of yeah. you know is it comfortable or is it not and you know more often than not, I've seen with with the ghost is, you know, they're, they're uncertain and then they go right on through just like normal and then 
you know, we've had great success. Most of those guys this year, we've all had good success and killed some pretty good mature bucks. I've killed three different, three of my biggest bucks since I've been using it. I I, I, mean, you know, coincidence, whatever you want to call it. But to me, I was going to throw in there, even keeping your dough comfortable. So if you're fooling the dough that I don't care if it's a young doe or a mature doe or any of that, but if you're fooling them and they're crossing your path, well, what is the likeliness that a buck is going to do the same thing, you know, because your doe was kept comfortable and maybe that wasn't what, maybe it was a smaller buck. It wasn't what you were going after necessarily, but the more deer that pass by you and are comfortable by you is going to give you the best chance for a mature deer to come by you as well. So if you're not busting one, you're giving yourself another, yeah, you're giving yourself another chance for, for the other ones to come. Now, anecdotally, you know, I'll just tell you that my circle of friends and, and people that I hunt with, there's there's guys that think it's bullshit. Oh, yeah. And then there's, yeah, guys, there's guys who argue it all day long. Yeah. And then there's the, the guys that consistently kill mature bucks every year. And I know there's about three or four big buck killers in my area that and swear by it sent- and they take it as seriously as possible. Yep. The guys who kill the most mature deer and again it's not a competition whatever but the guys who are consistently killing the the bigger deer or having the most success year in year out are managing their scent control and i'm not saying it's just the 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 ghost system or whoever right but they're always conscious about their scent control all the way around what they're doing on their farms and how they're hunting them the guys who want to argue against it and they're oh you can still kill them absolutely you absolutely still can but where do you want to look at statistics you know, on your chances. And for me, it's always about increasing the odds of my chance to harvest what I'm out there after, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'll go through all them steps and it is, it's crazy. There's people who do things. I don't really feel like there's almost two guys who do it the same when it comes down to scent control realistically. Right. I mean, you can take me for instance, I have three different sets of camo that I wear. I'll wash them all. I'll, I'll wear one, you know, for a couple of days or whatever, doing the spray down thing every time doing the shower. And then I'm like, well, and this is when I'm on like a trip, you know, and then I'll rotate out two, three, two, three hunts, go to the next one. Cause I don't have washer and dryer up there at our farm, but either way, you know, switching it up, taking that body odor element out of there that you've been putting on that same gear day in and day out. That's one of my tactics. I know another guy, he will, he will wash his clothes every single hunt he has the in and not only that he has like his washer and dryer specifically for his hunting gear you know he's not mixing in your out your uh your regular your tide, regular, yeah. Yeah, tide in that in that specific washing machine or dryer you know yep and now with like uh the crush scent elimination system the bags or the, the yeah, bags, the, bags the zip up thing you know then there's that element that people will go to that extent those those guys are still spraying down they're they're putting them in the the, the the zip lock or what is it the the zip up yeah i can't think yeah. of it yeah and then those guys are using ozone ozonics or whatever above their head so again i don't really think there's any two guys who do it the same but for what it costs if you're out hunting it's like yeah we're gonna we're gonna buy that for do whatever you yeah. can well i really really liked you know the what you brought up is the fact that you made your own product because you weren't sure what you were getting from stores and i think you know, if guys are going to be using scent elimination, they definitely need to find, you know, local guys like you who are selling the stuff because that's something that you can turn around. You guys know, you know, hey, we know that guy. He sold us this. You know, right. it was just 
75% water, what am I, you know, yeah. Yeah, or whatever I mean, the it, ratio is. Yeah, but. the truth of the matter is that every liquid product is made with water, but where How does much the, is there? Yeah, where does the breakdown occur that it becomes, you're just putting water in it only, you know, not right. using the compound. And there is brands that do that because I think we can all agree on this too. Uh, hunting has probably a, the most gimmicks out there to grab a guy who thinks, oh, this is going to help me get another deer. So, you know, you, you convince them of it. You're just going to make money. We're not in it for that. So obviously we need money to fund what we do, giving back to the sport, all that good stuff at all. It's all a revolving circle, but we're not out here to say, oh yeah, let's put a product out and we don't have a hundred thousand dollar marketing budget for it and then cut costs on, on our compound for it. We're just really doing it for ourselves. And then the people who want it. Yeah. I, I go back, I think of the example of those, uh, those like little Debbie chocolate chip muffins. You, it's such a big bag, and then you open it, and you get five of them. I'm like, what are you you're right. jibbing me right, right now? Right. They've yep. got me no, on that, this one. That's a great analogy. Yeah, so. 100%. Well, guys, I'm, we're, we're getting close to the season. You know, are you guys got any trail cameras out? Are you uh, got any bucks you're excited about it's from last subject. year? Oh, so should we not talk about it? <laughs> well, I've had uh, – I switched to the Cuddyback system last year which it did great. I've got two farms. I got a North farm and a South farm. Um, and I focused a lot last year on the North farm. Uh, was where I had a couple bucks that I was really after ended up. My dad actually shot one of them on the South farm. So they transition usually every year about the same time, just trying to get on them, you know, at the right time. Um, we actually had some encounters with them, but so I had them on my North side last year. They worked great. Well, the terrain on my South side farm is a little bit different, a little different setup. And, uh, I can get a few of them to link together. I can't get them all to link together, and it drives me nuts. So, still out there taking pictures, but I'm only getting partial of what, you know, what I should be getting on that side. So it's been driving me crazy. So, I do have some cameras out. I do have a couple decent bucks again this year that uh, will be some definite shooters if we can get onto them. I've got some good young bucks coming up too. If uh, they make it through, there'll be some some studs. I mean. Have you been eyeing any of Ryan's bucks this year? Well, I always try to get on a few of his. I like to kill his first and then go after <laughs> mine. Uh, just the way it's been working is that my dad kills one that I usually try to kill, so I have to go kill Ryan's if I can, you know. So I try to slip in there on his place whenever I get the chance. But it's, all, it's all about giving back. That's right. We're just giving back. So I, <laughs> it, actually, I think it's this year. It's, it's going to be Ryan's turn. I have to I owe him, owe him a couple deer. So hopefully we got a couple there that we can get on and – and make some success out of it, at least on my place. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I know that you guys post a lot of some of your hunting content on uh, multiple social media platforms. Are you guys going to continue to do content creation as far as uh, YouTube videos and, and some of your hunting videos? Yeah, it's it's uh, over the last, I'd say, six to eight weeks probably, we've really pushed our YouTube to the limit uh, beyond what we've ever done in the past. Uh I'll say, you know, we're not like the most amazing editors out there, but we're putting out there what we're doing, you know what I mean? And what we're capturing and some people can resonate with it. Others can't, um, we enjoy it and it's, it's just time capsule, you know? And so for us to, to be able to look back and recall what we did and see that we put an edit together of it, it just brings back that thought or that memory very vividly because you get to see a couple minutes of that day you know right there and like i said it's a time capsule so we're, we're enjoying it for ourselves again like like everything else we're doing but yeah we're gonna 
continue pushing those avenues. And that's where kind of like the collaboration thing comes in where we want to be able to help other people and other people help us on it. So there's going to be some more coming. We got a pretty good plan in place uh, moving forward. Really more 2022 so much as 2021. We've kind of just took in 2021 for what it is at this point and said, hey, let's line out 2022. We'll keep doing what we're doing right now. But I think come the start of this next year, yeah, it'll look a lot different good. for a lot of people that are that have that have been watching or noticing what we're doing. So, yeah, I've been keeping up a little bit. I saw a video you guys posted the other day, and uh, I may butcher this, but I'm pretty sure it was like a, a youth hunter or a new hunter that got a got a buck. Yeah, that so that, cool. yeah, that was a good one. That was actually my boy who shot that deer, but his best friend Brody was with us and. Anthony's a, my boy is a very patient hunter and he killed one other buck in his lifetime and he's hunted every year. And it was just one of those things where, uh, this deer that we wanted off our farm specifically is probably only a two and a half year old deer, maybe, maybe three, I would say somewhere in that range. But he has this one side that's max, uh, like a blade is what we called it. Cause it just, came out and so it was like a spike nearly on one side had three points and then nice uh five point on the other so it was like a would have been a nice 10 if he was healthy but somewhere along the line everybody again has different opinions there but anyways we were out there it was it was a real enjoyable day brody is one of the people that we've brought into the sport um randomly again years ago now uh his dad is actually legally blind so he doesn't have the opportunity to hunt. He was over at the house. And I was like, you want to go coyote hunting? And he's like, heck yeah, I do. You know, he's, what do you mean hunting? I've never got to do that. I've always, you know, he's always seen what we're doing. It was cool because it ended up sparking more of an interest in hunting for my boy because his buddy wanted to do it. So that's going back to the very first hunt with Brody. Uh, we went out the next year. We got a turkey, Anthony, Brody, and myself. They uh, And uh, Tristan was actually with us at that time. And he, uh, Brody and Anthony both got to shoot at it. And then going into the uh, last fall, which was that buck kill, uh, Brody was with us again. He had never really shot a rifle. He's still learning the ropes, but he got to be in the stand. I mean, he had the binoculars. He spotted, helped spot the deer, all that good stuff. So, like, he was, if you watch the video, Brody seemed more excited than my boy did. You know what I mean? It's just because he really felt accomplished. Like, we did it, three guys in a stand, Ryan's videotaping, Anthony shot him. You know, it was just one of those moments. And I told my wife that night when we were, when I was driving home, I said, I just came to the conclusion that, uh, I'll never be hunting anymore without Brody around. Like I, it, it, we kind of, Hi, adopt, yeah, we kind of, we kind of adopted <laughs> him that there. day. I was like, he, yeah, I was like, there's no way I'm my hunting life anymore. doesn't equate for taking him out because he's just grown on us over the course of those three, four hunts over, you know, two year period where I was like, he's in he's he's part of it yeah yeah there's there's no backing out now you're with us yep and it it was cool realization honestly and i was happy for my boy he was really patient put down a good shot i thought he could have shot him sooner um he just kind of did his thing on it he's at that age uh he was 14 at the time but he he pays attention to what other people do uh do and so it just kind of helped him out and we got a buck and it was fun. I was hoping it would get more views than it did. Honestly, I was kind of surprised, but I think it might be because it's out of a little bit out of season, but a little out of season. Yeah, but we I don't really care. We're not trying to do that. You know, we're just putting right. them out. Right. Yeah. Well, it was a, you know, 
it, you have a lot of videos that um, your your style it seems like is a little short, sweet to the point, but you know you get it across. And we've talked a lot about you know what you guys are doing. And I think before we get off here, first I want to make sure: is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we well, end it? I will say since we're kind of on the YouTube topic there. It doesn't matter if we put a video out that gets 300 views or one that only gets 40. I'm not making this up. I've literally had somebody approach us, a different person almost every time that it meant something to them. And so to me, that all kind of comes back to, yep, it's worth it. You know, maybe it was you that texted me that day or maybe it was Cody another or some guy I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow, I remember, you know, that reminded me of this or thanks for doing that, you know, type of thing. So it just, it keeps you motivated when you do that. Absolutely. I can relate big time with that. Because we're small guys. I mean, you know, we're out here. Like you just said, you respect what we're doing. Likewise to you, that's why we're doing what we're doing here today. Um, I was talking to a guy the other day. He's got like 130,000 whatever subscribers on TikTok. We're not on there, you know. And he just, he was getting so frustrated at the fact that people will look at you as only being relevant based upon how many follows followers or subs or whatever you have. And they won't give you that time of day to even have a conversation with you. And I'll, I've always vowed that I'll never get myself there, but I've also always vowed that I'm, I'm still able to approach you or contact you and at least give it a shot. You're you're, nobody's untouchable. You know what I mean? You you just, you give it a shot and see where it lands. That's definitely one thing about Midwest is it, we're always approachable. We're not better than anybody else. We're here doing the same thing. We have the same passion and drive for the sport that everybody else is doing the same exact thing. So anytime somebody's got questions or whatever, holler at us, reach out, may not ever met you before, but that doesn't stop us. You know, we're good old boys that like to hunt, get out there and do the same thing that that you're out there doing too. Well, that brings me to a good question then. How can folks get a hold of you guys as far as if they want to get some ghost scent elimination or they want some land consulting done? And then how can they see your content? Well, so we do. We have a, a website. It's the, T-H-E, MidwestWildlife.com. And from there, basically, you can navigate any way to get a hold of us. Obviously, we're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and then YouTube uh direct messages any of that or you can email ryan at the midwestwildlife.com for any questions as well i think that's pretty much primary yeah primary routes for that right there well cody ryan thanks again for coming on the 573 podcast we appreciate it and uh i think we learned a lot today about what the midwest wildlife stands for and uh exactly what it entails to be a part of that so Uh, Folks, if you made it this far, I appreciate you for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.